One more game before Pitt fans get an emotional break with a bye week coming up. But first, we have to watch the Panthers take on the number three team in the nation this week. Notre Dame has been impressive, but do the Pitt Panthers actually have a chance in playing a spoiler this week? We preview that game and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. What was your message about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. The one health game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of October 24th, 2020, and this is the Hail to Pitt podcast. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. We're without Alan this week, and all we got to think about is, oh, what could have been. Back in February, and even as late as September, Panther fans were targeting this clash with the Fighting Irish as a top 10 showdown with college game day at Heinz Field. Now, after two one-point losses and a decisive loss to Miami last week, Pitt's season is on the ropes. We'll see if they can avoid a knockout and counterpunch their way back into salvaging this season. Absolutely. We'll see if they can salvage the season. Um, There's a lot of work to be done, and it starts against Notre Dame, one of the best teams in the country. But before we preview that game, be sure to check us out at H2P Show on Twitter. Um, If you want to engage in a conversation, hill2pitpodcast at gmail.com. We always appreciate the feedback on Panther Lair. And as always, we're broadcast by Pretty Easy Podcasts. They are fantastic, our friends at Pretty Easy Podcasts, and if you want to have a podcast about anything, they can help you get started there. They have a number of great clients with a wide variety of topics, so anything is in the realm of possibilities, and they make it so easy for us. Yep, yep. If you want to start your very own podcast, uh, check out Pretty Easy Podcast to uh, get started today. Uh, So, Pam... Uh, as you said, we're, we're without Alan this week. Uh, he is in, engaging in his wedding almost as we speak. We are, we are within hours uh, of when that is going to be be happening. Congratulations to him. Hopefully everything goes well. Uh, Congratulations to his soon bride-to-be as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we got to talk about this uh, just disappointment after disappointment. Uh, in the in the pit season, uh, going down to Miami this week, uh, a road game, first road game or second road game of the season, and just just did not go well. And I know you weren't on the show uh, last week, Pam, but but you know we had kind of talked at me and Alan, and then and you offline. You know, once we saw Kenny Pickett was not playing in this game, that that was that was that was a bad sign. That that was going to spell bad news, but I, it was bad news. Um, I don't. I didn't feel confident of them winning, regardless if Pickett was there or not. But what do you think of Joey Joey Yellen in his debut? I didn't think he looked too bad no. at times when they gave him a chance to throw the yeah. ball. Yeah, I, I think uh, he actually did pretty decently. 
Um, you know, there was a, there were several times where he probably didn't get rid of the ball quick enough, and and right. man, that may be to to be expected uh, for a kid that you know hasn't really played too much at all this year, and you know only had minimal experience, uh, minimal game time action uh, last year at Arizona State. Um, but you know, aside from that, I thought he looked pretty good. I don't think he was terribly off target with with a lot of passes. Um, I thought the offensive line, you know, most of the time, actually gave him enough time to, to throw the ball uh, again against a very good Miami front. Uh, so, you know, if you are looking for positives uh, for this game, and specifically looking for positives going into this to this huge matchup with Notre Dame, uh, the, the fact that Yellen's going to be the starter again, uh, we presume, yeah, you know, that's uh, I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh, it's still going to be a tall ask, no doubt about that. But I, but I think Yellen lo- looked pretty good. Um, but you know, he ain't he ain't getting very much help otherwise, Pam. Uh, and you know, there's they they still can't run the ball a- at all. Um, I know Coach keeps injury situations very close to the vest and doesn't let the media or anyone know what's going on. We're, are we assuming that the very earliest Pickett can be back is after the bye week? Uh, they play Notre Dame, they have a bye, and then they play Florida State, yeah. I believe. Yes, and, and he did he did indicate that uh, that the Yellen would be the starter this week. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, barring some miraculous recovery from Kenny Pickett, um, it sounds like Joe Yellen's going to be getting all the you know the majority of, or at least all the first team reps, which is a good thing. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what he can do. But but you know this running game is not helping him at all. Under thirty yards rushing uh, against Miami, and a, a, a lot of times some of these running plays are going for negative yards. Negative yards. Just, should, should they even be throwing at, at this point? Well, yeah, they should be. They or, should I, mean, be I mean, even running at this. They point. They should be running. But I mean, we were watching the game and. Sibley looked good on that first series and then never to be seen from again. But I think it goes back to the scheme and the system. Like, yeah, they had negative rushing yards at times because they set up, like, these long, elaborate things and it takes place behind the line of scrimmage. Like, we need to run through the tackles more, not run outside. We need to run straight and set it up straight. And the offensive line looked better this week than in weeks past. Well, yeah, I I mean... but even at times, though, you know, when it's in short yardage and they do try to line up, you know, under center, you know, with a fullback, you know, they're getting pushed backwards they in, are, in, those, yeah. in those situations. So, And, and I, I guess that, that when they do that, everybody knows they're going to run. So, so they're, you know, they're, they're stacking the line against them. Um, well, it, it's just no creativity. I mean, there's a fullback. If you're going to have a fullback in there on other plays and don't run, just well, don't show all your cards on the table. Yeah. And, and this is really, to me, this is coming to light in the red zone, which has just been horrible for Pitt these past uh, several games. And, you know, that, that's been a, you know, there's been a number of reasons why they've lost. You know these past three games, but that is certainly one of them. Just red zone performance has just been horrible. Too many times settling for field goals, uh, and those aren't always a guarantee. Um, and, and I got to ask you, you know what what should be done differently? 
for for these plays? Uh, is, is it strictly execution? Is it the play calling? I mean, what what would what needs to be done different in in the red zone? I think they need to attack the middle of the f- uh, field more, but- especially. Um, when they're not in the red zone, to open it up to like give, let the defense guess a little bit to see what's it, going on. Everything's like pre-scripted. It seems it, like well, and I, I agree with you a hundred percent. But you know, and this is especially what hurt them in the red zone. They don't have a tight end. Moraga you know, caught a pass or he, a touchdown. He, he, he right? did. Yeah, he caught a touchdown. Yeah, he did. He did. But I but, think, but that's not so many, enough. But. But I don't think you can blame it all on not having a tight end. But but that's like a big target. That's typically the guy that you're going to have in the middle of the field. You know that it's you know I, I, we can only help but wonder what what would it have been like, you know, this season if Lucas Kroll was. I don't. I think was, he, he was somebody that it, it appeared that they were going to rely heavy on. Yeah, but can't they get more creative in the red zone? I feel like it's the same. Like, we know they're not going to score. Like, and I feel like there's also a lack of confidence. They need to do something to break through a little bit um, because I just feel like everyone's deflated here in the reds when they get into the red zone. 100% agree with you. Got to be more creative. No doubt about that. Uh, but, you know. When they do call good plays, execution has been just not good. Specifically from the wide receivers, these guys are, are dropping passes at, a, at an alarming clip. 69 drops during this season. That is that is not no. good. Not since nice the, at since all. Since the start of last season. Since the start of last... Oh, going back. Our, uh, it feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it, but uh, at David Hale Joint on Twitter, who covers the ACC, has a lot of great information. Pitt, by far, leads the nation with 69 drops since the start of last season. And you can tell. It's terrible. And that's the, the problem. If it was a this year problem, okay, you know... Maybe they didn't have enough practice time. Yada, yada, yada. Guys, we're out. But it's since the start of last year, it's the same thing. And that's mental. Dropping passes yeah. on a consistent basis is a lack yeah. of discipline and a mental mistake. Yeah. You, you know, you you add up the drop passes and some of these penalties, you know, whether it be holding, false start, illegal procedure, you know, legal formation. That kind of stuff is just killing this team that that kills drives you think about how many drives could be extended you know or how many more touchdowns or field goal opportunities they could get if it wasn't for for all these mistakes and and a lot of these drops it's not like they're you know they're trying to make some spectacular one-handed catch this is easy stuff a lot of these guys are are dropping and, and it is just disappointing and I, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what you do about that. What about uh, the the penalties? I'm, not, I'm not sure what you do about that either, and and that's the thing you know about you know it's just the discipline on this team. They're getting ten penalties a game. It, it's horrible. And it, I think it's it absolutely really showed horrible. in the Boston College game the discipline Boston College yeah. had compared to the discipline Pitt had. Yeah. I know there are some controversial calls in that, and we don't yeah. need to rehash it. But that is a well-disciplined and, team, and it's yeah. it's and an offense that's struggling. You're putting yourself behind with these offensive, yeah. especially on yeah. the offensive side yeah. of the ball. Yeah, and, and you're not good enough to overcome that kind of stuff. No, not yeah, at all. Yeah, and and it carries over to the defense too. 
and it just the amount of penalties that they're getting is horrible. I mean, we we talked about it in that uh, NC State game. They they had you know what three false starts on that opening drive, and I think you know or uh, or offside penalties on that opening drive. You know you, you can't keep giving away these this free yardage, and and it's not just those ones. It's it's you know it's a pass interference penalty. It's a defensive holding penalty. Those, those are automatic first downs, and you know with the way Pitt plays defense, you know that kind of stuff they they. They, they can't do. I mean, yeah, yeah, they play. They have a good pass rush most of the time. You know, they're stopping the run very well most of the time. Their tackling's pretty good most of the time. But they, they do so much gambling on defense with their scheme and the way they're, they're leaving these corners uh, and guys in one-on-one coverage all the time, Pam, that it's you're leaving yourself susceptible for a couple big plays. And we saw, you know, three just complete blown coverages. I don't know if it was, you know, a guy fell down, somebody running free, you know, just somebody was mismarked or, or what it was. But, you know, that kind of stuff, especially when your offense is not doing very well, you, you can't have that. You, you can't have it. Well, and if they were getting beat, it'd be different. It's like guys are wide open. That's mental mistakes. Yeah. Once again, it's all mental, yeah. it seems like, a lot of their issues. And it's... It it comes down to coaching and getting yeah. people ready and prepared to play week in and week out. You, you take away those three three blown coverages and you in you know you're talking about how a, a, a great defensive performance from from this pit defense. It, it just seems like so much stuff is going wrong uh, right now. Uh, you could talk about you could talk about a number of things. There was you know that on that fake punt call, Todd Sibley misses a block. You know, if he hits that block there, uh, you know, Pitt probably gets a first down and then some. Paris Ford on that interception, you know, gets tackled at the, you know, whatever it was inside the 20, down around the 10-yard line. You know, if he could have just, you know, just got to the end zone there. Not not that he should have to. I was going to say, you're talking about fake punts and guys returning pick sixes as a way to, like, generate offense and points. And that's just, those are things you can't rely on. Well, no, you can't rely on it. But when you're going up against a very good team in Miami, and Miami's a very good team. There's a lot of talent on that team. I know they got waxed by by Clemson, but a lot Everyone's of Everyone's going to get waxed this But year a lot of people are, people are, you know. you, you need, Sometimes you need that little extra. You, you you need something to bounce your way, you know, to make up for that kind of stuff. And uh, but if and, you were disciplined, then you might not need to rely yeah, on these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm just saying. I'm just I using. Mean, yeah, you example, need one. You, know? you need a splash yeah. play or a big momentum changing play, but you won't. You won't. You don't need two to three of them. Maybe you need one of them a game. Yeah. But I mean, Pitt turns around. We talked about this. They play. Probably up until Clemson later in the season, their hardest game on the schedule against Notre Dame. They're ranked number three in the nation. Yeah. Um, you can say what you want about Notre Dame, but one thing is they can run the ball. They can. Yeah. The, you know they are they're averaging hundred or two hundred sixty yards a game. Uh, they they got three running backs that are averaging over six yards a tote. That that's that is very impressive. And- Kyron Williams yeah. did excellent against Louisville, having 127 yeah. yards there. Yeah, even in a game where, where Notre Dame didn't score a lot of points, uh, only 12 points against Louisville, um, 
they still run the ran the ball very effectively, and yeah, it. I know, I know that that kind of seems like an outlier, but you know, Notre Dame is averaging thirty three points a game, and this running game that they have is is very effective, and they have an excellent offensive line, and Pitt is going to need to be ready for this. But we should point out, in terms of Pitt's defense. Uh, one thing they have been able to do very well this season is stop the run. And, you know, last week against Miami, they held them to only 2.6 yards per attempt. Only 100, have, 109 yards total. Uh, and They have those, that freshman running back from yeah. Miami is extremely yeah. talented. So they did an excellent job. And, and De'Ara King himself. Yep. You, know, you know, they they held those guys down. Um, so, you know, that is Pitt's strong suit is stopping the run. Uh, Notre Dame, yeah, they've been able to hit short passes uh, with Ian Book. Yeah, they, we talked about how they're, they've been running the ball very effectively. But they don't have those big-time outside receivers. You know, there's no Chase Claypool on, on this Notre Dame or team. Or Cole Komet. Yeah. That, you know, they, don't, they don't have those guys. But... As we've seen, you don't need to necessarily be an outstanding receiver uh, to 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 beat this pit defense deep. Uh, you just need to, you know, look for a breakdown in coverage, or, or you know, just throw a ball up on a one-on-one situation, and and you got a, a, an opportunity to make a play. Um, wh- where do you see Pitt's uh, kind of? defensive mode of attack here. Do you, do you really just try to force Ian Book to throw I a, think and so. take your take your chances there? I think so, but the one thing that worries me there is in the games Notre Dame has played, have they really needed to throw it all? I mean, the one thing is Louisville, that game was close, but they were able to run all through them and kind of control well, the clock that game. So I think, I mean... Well, against Florida State, they were given a game there. You know, it was back and forth for at least for a little bit. Yeah, but I think you do. I think because Notre Dame, I mean, they have three guys that average six yards a carry. So I think you do force them to do that. But I I think you have to be aware. But it doesn't matter. Narduzzi's not going to change the scheme of them maybe taking a shot or two. Especially maybe using that middle of the field, like we said, um... With those maybe tight ends and um, receivers they have using the middle of the field there to open up the run game. I, I expect them to use the pass to open up the run game a little bit here at Notre Dame. To be able to maybe come out passing more so to get pit on their heels a little bit um, to run the ball. But I think I think Pitt's defense has a good chance. That's not what I'm worried about in this game. Notre Dame's defense is pretty good here. Yes, they are. Uh, they are, you know. Uh, holding uh, opposing offenses to, to low point totals, uh, just 11.5 points a game. Only Florida State's even been able to get over 20 on them. And and uh, that that Travis, quarterback of Florida State, uh, uh, an excellent runner, you know, he was able to cause some problems for them. That is not what they're going to be facing with Joey Yellen th- this week at all. So I- I'm not quite sure, you know, <laughs> You got to think Pitt's going to come out, and they're, you know, from what we've seen from this season, I don't think we're going to see anything drastically different 
Do you? No, nothing's going to change, which is frustrating because you have a different quarterback in there with different skill set in there. I don't think Joey Yellen presents the running threat that Kenny Pickett does. No, not at all. Um, When when a play breaks down, that's when Kenny Pickett um, is good with his leg especially. So I think, I mean, there's not much more we can say. I feel like we talk about the same stagnant pit offense every week but i'd like them to use the middle of the field that is my one plea yeah yeah and i i will say this is that you know they they got they have you know they may not be great at catching the ball but you know, if you look at a, a Jordan Addison or a Shockey Jacques Louis or Jared Wayne or Jared Wayne or even Turner, yeah, or yeah, DJ Turner, uh, those three, those top three guys there, those guys are good with the ball in their hands. And you know, I would just love to see some some more crossing routes uh, right. or quick routes, something to get those guys the ball, you know, as soon as they can. And it's tough. It's tough because the other team, uh, you know, whoever the opponent is, they're not going to respect. You know, Pitt's running game at all, and they're gonna they're they're going to dare them to run. Get them in the yeah, get them in the slot and use the middle of the field. And if you're successful, then you can run the ball a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, I w- I would work those slot receivers kind of as a running game. Right. Yeah, use yeah. it to open up the running game. Yeah, yeah, or or not, or just use it as the running right. game. Right. I'm not sure. A five yard pass is just yeah. as good as a five yard run. Yeah, Pitt Pitt. In my unless they're going to significantly change up their formations or blocking scheme or something, you know, to me they they should only be running the ball if they're up by you know a tremendous amount of points with not much time left and they're just trying to run out the clock. Um, I, I think they really need to just uh, they're going to just keep throwing. I, I don't like it because of you know how many balls the receivers are dropping and and you know what what that. Yeah, all the shortcomings that could come with that, but I think that's what they got to do. Do we see more like a Botaconda this weekend? Do you think, uh, or do you think uh, Vincent Davis still gets the majority of the carries? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, Todd Sibley did very good, as you pointed out in that past game, and and Coach seemed to acknowledge that in, in the press conference this week, and seems to maybe you know hint that he's going to need to get him you know. The ball more. Vincent yeah. Davis is just taking a beating. He, he like is, for the kids' is. sake, give him a little break. Yeah, I, I mean, he's been good at like we've said the scheme and the O line, but I'd like to see some of these other guys. Like we before the season, we talked about this as maybe one of the strongest position groups on this team. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Vincent Davis is a bad player. No, at all. I think just you know either he is he is not seeing the proper holes for for this, or he's not giving. Or the line is not giving him an opportunity. It seems to either be one or the other. Um, I don't know if there's any other way. You know, some screen passes or or shovel passes, something that you could try to do to get him uh, more involved in the offense, to get him on the ball. You got, but you got to do something there, right? Absolutely. Well, I don't know if there's anything else we can say about this pit running game and. Uh, against Notre Dame. I mean, they, on paper, kind of match up okay against Pitt. Yeah. But we'll get to predictions at the end of the show like we normally do. But let's talk about some positive Pitt sports news. Yeah. Okay. First, we're going to lead with Pitt men's soccer. 
They, as of this live on tape recording this afternoon, became the number one team in the nation. And a large part of that was earlier over the weekend, they beat number five Virginia and sophomore Valentin Noel was named the co-offensive ACC player of the week. He scored twice against number five Virginia. He's actually tore, tied um, tied for second, I believe, in the nation in scoring this year. Um, and so the Pitt men's soccer team, there's only three more games until the ACC men's soccer tournament, which begins in the middle of November. But uh, they're looking really good out here right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, and we'll talk about this with the women's program as well. It, it is just unbelievable how good they have gotten and how quickly they have got there. Uh, in you know the ACC, which is you know tr- traditionally the toughest soccer conference in all the land. Yeah, and I mean they hired excellent coaches. Yeah, uh, on, for both sides. But um, congrats to the men's soccer team and equal congrats to the women's soccer team. They shut out Miami two and zero on senior night. They're ranked um, in the top ten, I believe. Yep. And they have a big matchup coming up against number four Clemson coming up here. At, in a few days, and then they have three more games, and the ACC tournament starts on November 10th. So both yeah. both teams have three more games over the next uh, about two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. and they will be um, super competitive and maybe even favored in that ACC tournament. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the men's team. Virginia's a very good team, so we'll yeah. see what happens. If they can both finish strong here, they definitely have a chance to be the, be the ones leading uh, – the ACC yeah, here. Yeah, they have a chance to be the top dog in, in the in the ACC and may, maybe even the whole entire country. Uh, I've been watching some of these games, games on the ACC network. They are fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, s- some excellent, excellent football being played at the University of Pittsburgh. Exactly. Uh, yeah, excellent football. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, l- let's talk a little bit about what people are saying online. Uh just uh, I I said it last week. I was spending a little bit too much time on on the internet on Panther Lair, re- reading some just just horrible things. Uh, a lot of it true sometimes too. Yeah, I took the lead on this week's online chatter to give you a break, and I I think we'll definitely be able to tell. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets, and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. We're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. So, all right, we got something from uh, Wesley991. I believe this is on Twitter. Yes, uh, yeah, okay. these are both from okay, Twitter. Okay, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald, I believe he's talking about Larry. Uh, could you please come to Pitt on your off week and give a clinic to the Pitt wide receivers on how to catch a football? So frustrating. You spoiled us Pitt fans. I've actually seen somebody clamor for this on, on Panther Lair, and they even went one step further to say after Larry Fitzgerald retires, they would like to, uh, to bring him back as some sort of, uh, you know, catching consultant. Um, we saw him uh, last night in the in the Monday night yeah. game. He caught the ball, yeah. reached out, got the first down. True professional. Yeah, I, I don't still, you know, one of the one of the greatest to ever play the game. Uh I don't think he's going to be coming back to Pitt to, to coach anybody, but... Um, no, this person I, I, was just asking in their I, off week, I, yeah. and I agree. Just take a week. 
I mean, the pandemic, probably not, and the, NFL protocols. But the, this offseason, can you just spend some time with the receivers? Yeah, that, that would be great. That would be great. But, you know, I don't I don't know if that'll be enough. You know, that, this is – is it either you can catch the ball or you can't? I, and, and maybe these guys can't. Um Along the, <laughs> uh, along the same lines, uh, a little more positive maybe note here. We've this pit team's drained the life out of us emotionally at times. So at RJ Sepik on Twitter, uh, he said or she said, "I love how it's 2020 and the Arizona Cardinals still feature two players from the 2003 Pitt Panthers, the team that made me fall in love with college football." I know we typically feature things people are saying, and you know how people can be angry at this team, but I just thought let's bring some positivity. Two people, Larry Fitzgerald and Andy Lee, yep. correct? Yep. Still out there, day in to, and day out with the Arizona yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, two future Hall of Famers, if you ask me. Uh, and Arizona Cardinals, they've they've been known as Pittsburgh West for a long time. Uh, you know, just with a lot of Pittsburgh connections there. And you know that 2003 team uh, had you know the, probably the most hype out of any pit team, uh, certainly in my lifetime. Um, but you know, still fell short, um, and fell short in in a lot of disappointing fashion early and often. Um, so, yeah. But it's good to see two guys having oh, yeah. super long careers. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Two the representing two, the Panthers and the pros. Yep, two, two of the best to ever do it at their respective positions, and maybe even other positions if they tried. Um, as far as what's hap- talk, uh, people are talking about around town this week, um, two things I noticed. First of all, Pam, you said that you've heard a lot of people talking about Alan's wedding. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah just a, a huge event. Uh, congratulations to him, as we said at the top of the show, and his uh, soon-to-be wife, which was going to be you know, just, you know, probably, probably, yeah, less than an hour away. That's um, what people are talking yeah. about. People are talking about weddings and celebrating and the positivity, so we just want to shout out mm-hmm. our uh, fearless leader, Alan, T- mm-hmm. Alan Tuzinski, yeah. uh, on his big day. The pandemic mm-hmm. ruined his plans, but they were able mm-hmm. to make the best of it yep. in a, a secret location. Yeah, they, they persevered. Uh, yeah, at an undisclosed location. I, I did hear some stuff uh, uh, around town that I did want to talk to Alan about. Maybe I'll talk to him next week about how there's, you know, Pitt's going to have fans at this game, but there, there's a lot of people, you know, just uh, discussing about when they're going to be leaving uh, the game in order to beat the traffic. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. But, uh, you know, uh, a lot, of, a lot of stuff happened at Pitt. A lot of stuff happened around the country as, as well, and that's why we got to talk about some college football happening around the country. Uh, the Big Ten is joining the fray this week, um, and this appears to be Ohio State's conference once again. If you read up on this at all, and Pam, I got to ask you: Can anybody, you know, beat this Ohio State team? this year no yeah i don't i don't think so either i don't think so either um you know penn state's also ranked in the top 10 but their running back's gonna be out it, for the year yeah you see that yeah today? With the journey brown yeah they, yeah uh, yeah they uh a medical issue came up yeah, in evaluating yeah, him um yeah. 
you, as well. You never like to see that. And, you know, Micah Parsons, uh, they're, they're a great linebacker, certainly probably going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. Uh, you know, he opted out uh, at the beginning of the season. So, you know, they're to, – to me, their, their defense, you know, maybe without him isn't going to be strong enough. And their offense, I don't think is that dynamic. I, I really don't, uh, especially with that Clifford at quarterback. I, I don't think he's good enough. And I, I don't see, you know, how they're, you know, even though they're ranked in the top 10, I don't see them beating Ohio State. I get, we're going to find that out next week, actually. Uh, there's going to be a big showdown in the middle of Pennsylvania uh, for that one. And, you know, the rest of the teams, you know, Michigan and Minnesota, you know, a Wisconsin, you know, I guess there there's some decent teams there. But, you know, Ohio State's just been – you know, recruiting and operating at, at a whole nother level. And it doesn't appear that any of these other teams have, you know, worked up enough in order to beat them this yeah. year. Yeah, and Justin Fields, I am not the biggest Justin Fields fan, but I think he's on a mission and he's been a leader. And I think he's ready to make his mark on this program and on college football. He did it last year, and I think he's ready to continue that uh, this year. So, um We've got more football this week, so yep. that's always good. Yep. But uh, the one game that I'm really looking at, let's start uh, outside one of the Power Fives. Let's start at number nine, Cincinnati against SMU, number 16. Yeah, a big matchup. I, I am really excited to see this game. Uh, since Cincinnati, you know, an excellent defense. SMU, just wild offense. Yeah, and this I, game I, starts at nine o'clock on Saturday yeah, night. That's what it's all about. Uh, I, 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 I thought you said there were no late games. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh. I just said there weren't a lot of them. Okay, but th- this is probably more good than going to make up for it. Uh, SMU, two and a half point favorite at home at the Westgate right now. Um, I. It, my head tells me to pick, you know, the stronger defensive team in Cincinnati, but I, I just love SMU's o- offense, and that's and I, I, it's good for college football if SMU's doing well. So I'm going to pick SMU. I'm the picking. Ponies. I'm picking Cincinnati here. Yeah, I figured that. Uh, I think they're gonna they're Fickle. gonna win. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, this next game here, I, I think this is one where we're both going to be very interested in. Uh, the number seventeen. Iowa State uh, getting uh, three and a hook on the road in Stillwater at the number six uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys. I was um, shocked to see Oklahoma State rank six today. I was a, shocked. Yeah, well, you know they they've you know, they've had a lot of uh, games postponed uh, due to COVID. Uh, they had a you know a close scare against the uh, a, a Tulsa a tough Tulsa team. Uh, so. Yeah, you wouldn't think that uh, that maybe they would be ranked this high, but they are. There's a lot of lot of talent on that team, particularly on offense. Uh, they are at home in this game, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm been, more Iowa State. Let me tell you I, why. I, I, okay, let me tell you why. This is who they beat. They beat Tulsa. That was a weird game to start the season. They beat West Virginia, twenty-seven thirteen. West Virginia, eh? Yeah. And they beat Kansas. Come on now. And yeah. then Baylor was postponed, so yeah. they haven't really. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, I th- I'm Iowa State. Um, I haven't been as impressed with them, but 
at times. They 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 let us down that first week against UL, but um, I think they they have the more experienced team they, like, they, with Purdy. And, they, yeah, with Brock Purdy, you know they're you know they're very that, solid at the quarterback position, and Brees Hall doing an excellent job running the ball for Iowa State. Let me clarify: it's not that I haven't been as impressed with their offense. Their defense is what let me down. And yeah, that's normally um, yeah, Matt Campbell's yeah, but, thing, right? Yeah, they, their defense has not been been good, right. and you could argue Oklahoma State's defense is probably better than what it's what it's normally. Correct. Been. But I'll but I'll tell you this: Oklahoma State they've been having some they've had some quarterback injuries, uh, and it sounds like if you believe what Mike Gundy says that you know they're they're having multiple guys take uh, reps with the first. I don't team. believe a thing Mike Gundy says. Yeah, I, I'm putting myself on record saying that very passionately. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. You know, if 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 you're playing two quarterbacks, you, you probably don't have any. That's right. Uh, so, you know, I am going to go with the clones here uh, in, in a close game on the road. Matt Campbell, excellent as a uh, as an underdog. Um, so, so that's why I'm, I'm going to be going with them. Uh, the ABC primetime game, number 18, Michigan, getting three points on the road uh, at Minnesota. Um, this game's at 730 on Saturday night. Um what do you what do you think about Michigan getting points here? I mean, that, that's I'm actually Michigan. Michigan is a favorite in this game. I'm sorry, I wrote I wrote that uh, I was confused. I wrote that wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm checking right now at the win, and then they are a three and a half point favorite up a little bit from the three. I'm seeing three at other places. Um, Something to keep uh, an eye on though about this game. Michigan just issued a stay in your dorm room or stay at home order for kids on campus. It does not apply to varsity athletes, but COVID is running rampant at the University of Michigan right now. So just something to keep an eye on for this game. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not quite sure what to think here. It, uh, you know, Minnesota, especially with Bateman coming back at receiver, you know, they, they should have a pretty good team. They got an excellent rushing attack. Um, they definitely have the experience advantage. Michigan, you know, they they got a lot of young guys on this team, but that uh that Milton, Joe Milton at, at quarterback, I believe is his name. Uh a lot of people really are high on this kid. Uh so, you know, yeah, they're they're, you know, they're inexperienced, you know, up front, but, you know, if this kid is as special as what some people are saying, you know, that maybe that's uh um, maybe that's yeah a- enough to to you know to sway things. What do you think? Yeah, and um, he Jim Harbaugh has announced, indicated. I mean, as much as you can, um, that Milton will be the starter. He's a redshirt sophomore, um, but he's one of the more experienced quarterbacks on the roster. I think he, well, they, um, they had another quarterback that, but he decided to transfer after, you know, it was apparent that Milton was going to win the job. Yeah. It was the quarterback decision was between him and redshirt freshman Cade McNamara. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty much a two, two, two person race. They, they say McNamara yeah. still in the race. Milton's going to take over this job. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, Harbaugh with like a more, uh, explosive quarterback yeah, yeah. can actually um, make some noise because that's where they've had issues. Yeah, there. I'm gonna have to do a little bit more digging in this game because normally I would have said you know you take Minnesota with the points at home, um, and especially given their experience. But 
you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's something to this kid. You know, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. It's, it's tough. You know, we, we haven't, we seen haven't him. We haven't seen very much. 11 career yeah. passes. Yep. Have not seen very much of him. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. Uh, to watch and what's this one. If you're to be, a gambling uh, person, I'd stay away. I feel like we need to get some more information on yeah, these teams. Yeah, it would be nice to get some data on, on on both these teams. But you could say, you know, the more experienced team at home getting points. You know, maybe that's maybe that's what you do. Uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, the one big game that we are we are all all waiting for. Uh, number three, Notre Dame, uh, ten and a half point favorite. Before uh, you make your prediction, let me yeah. ask you, are you shocked that it's only ten and a half? Points? Well, we're gonna be talking about that. Um I think first of all, we both could probably agree that we wish Notre Dame was ranked number two. I think if they were, then you know, Pitt would for sure win this game. Because we're good at beating number yeah, two teams. Yeah, very good at that. Um I'm not surprised by this line, particularly because Notre Dame has not been that explosive, you know, throwing the ball uh, this year. So they don't put up. A, I uh, see what you're saying. Well, I, well, not that they can't put up a lot of points, but you know they haven't been throwing the ball downfield. You know ha- how they've done in the past, and Pitt's strength on defense is you know stopping the run and uh, getting to the quarterback. And if your receivers cannot get open as quickly, that gives the pit pass rush a little bit more time uh, to to get to you. And you know if if you're you know if the pit defensive front is really you know playing up the snuff, then you're running into a brick wall there. So you know from that standpoint, I think Pitt's defense is going to match up pretty well with them. Yes, you know some of these injuries have been you know have been hurting the Panthers, no doubt about that. No Keyshawn Camp. Uh, in the in uh, in the middle there, I think has been has been bad for this defense. Uh, you know, as good as uh, some of these younger kids have been playing, they don't quite have the pass rush. They can't push the pocket as much as what they've uh, been able to do. And against a big offensive line, that's going to be tough. You know, uh, a, a smaller guy like Kalijah Kansi, he's really going to have to use his quickness in order to get in there to to really disrupt things, which I think they're going to need to do. So what's your prediction? Well, that, you know, and you, you look at Pitt offensively, they're just making so many mistakes that it's, it's, it, it just, it, it's killing them. It, it, it just, and I don't know what, I, I wish I could say that, you know, we're going to see something much different and they're really going to start executing better. But, that hasn't happened. The past three games, it, it has not, it has not happened. Uh, Pitt, as we all know, Pitt does play Notre Dame very tough most of the time, and this is not a very dynamic uh, Notre Dame offense at all. So I think it is going to be a close game. Um, I don't think the Panthers are going to win. I think they're. I think it's going to. They're going, to come the up, they're going to come up just short, and I think they're going to lose the game. I'm going to say 20 to 16. Wow. I think it's going to be a very close game, and I, I think Pitt could very well lose in the final seconds um, because in these close games, they haven't been able to make the big play that they need to. So I got, uh, I got 24 to 13. Um, so I think. 
Notre Dame barely covers, but I think I think it is going to be a little close, but I don't think that Pitt offense can put up any points. I think Alex Kessman has um, two field goals for Pitt and an extra point, bounces back a little bit here, maybe even a long one. But I think um, Notre Dame's just too much and too talented, and this we just haven't seen any change. So I think that's – I got a 24-13 here. Yeah, yeah, I, I could – could see and see it going like that. I, I do think it, it will be a close game. I don't think it's going to be decided until the fourth quarter, um, even though it may seem like a mismatch on paper somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all we have this week. Um, we might be taking a bye, taking a mental rest next yeah. week. We'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, congrats to Alan yeah. and his beautiful bride. Yep, yep. Congratulations. Stay tuned to uh, Twitter at H2P Show. Uh, see if we'll be back for uh, uh, see if we'll be back next week if not the week after and hail to pit hail to pit living in your